Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans, America's largest mortgage lender. Let's talk credit card debt for a minute. If you feel you're carrying too much of it, you're not alone. The average household in the U.S. carries over $8,000 in credit card debt. Ready for some good news? With a cash-out refinance from Quicken Loans, you can quickly and easily put some of the equity in your home to good use by paying off a lot of that high-interest credit card debt. A great way to take cash out is with our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. The rate today on our 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.99%, APR 4.08%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN to learn how taking cash out with a 30-year fixed mortgage might be the right solution for you. And for a record nine years in a row, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. For J.D. Power award information, visit jdpower.com. Rate subject to change. Pay 1.25% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Hey, what's up, everybody? Happy Saturday, Sunday, weekend, whenever you're listening to this. I'm Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino of the Jags Den podcast and the Jaguars Wire. And I am joined by our fearless leader, James Johnson, a.k.a. Sportsgrind underscore Don, to bring you a little bit of Jaguars news here. So this is something we're trying a little bit different because a lot of news broke just today, actually. So plenty of us to talk about, and we'll just very, very um, briefly discuss here with you for a couple of minutes. And, uh, yeah, we'll just get right into it here, uh, Jay. Uh, a lot of really exciting stuff happened, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get right into it here. So the first off, and this is all from 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 Philip Heilman um, from the Athletic, and the news broke initially earlier today that Marquise Lee practiced today, and he is off the pup list. And man, that is that is some great here. I know that's something we have the, the receiver group we have discussed uh, very very in depth recently, and we have been worried that Marquise Lee might be the odd man out. So when you saw this, well, what was your initial reaction? Yeah, man, I was glad to see he was uh, off the PUP list. We actually just talked about this yesterday. Feel free to check out Jags Den episode 47. Uh, but, yeah, I made mention that, you know, Marquise Lee hadn't been taken off the PUP list as of now, which is, what, midway through the preseason. And, lo and behold, the next day, the next morning, he's off. So that's a good sign. We, As we all know, we took Cam Robinson off on Monday. Me and Jacob talked about that on the podcast uh, before yesterday's podcast. So it looks like we're, we're trending in the right direction, getting healthy. Uh, again, you know, like I said, it's it's questionable to, to you know, I kind of wonder how much of an impact he can have coming this late into training camp, especially, I, I guess it's more so that their other receivers have kind of flourished while he was gone. But, I mean, make no mistake about it. They think highly of Marquise Lee, especially Keenan McCardell. He calls him the alpha dog of the group. And uh, that being because Marquise is obviously the most experienced. He's the oldest by, I think, a year. He's a year older than Chris Conley, who's the next oldest and most experienced. So, you know, they get their their um, most experienced receiver back. They get their leader back in the receiver's room. And, uh, yeah, just from what Phillip was saying, it looks like, you know, the Jaguars will probably uh, go into the season with Lee on the uh, the roster, which would make probably six receivers. And uh, that means one of the guys that we talked about last night, one of the undrafted guys or the guys fighting for that sixth spot will be the odd man out and might have to stick with practice squad. So, I mean, that's a good problem to have, man. Glad to have him back. I just hope the Jags don't try and force him into the lineup and mess up the chemistry with some of the other top dogs. I, I, I'm hoping they bring him along slowly, uh, whether he likes it or not. 
uh, because, you know, as you know, based off those first couple games, we got to get rolling relatively quick because that's the hardest part of the schedule. Yeah, and, and hopefully he's able to get integrated, as you said. And and I think one thing that frustrates Jaguar fans most about Marquise Lee not necessarily has anything to do with his actual play because when he's on the field, I feel like he's he's been proven mm-hmm. and he's very he's consistent. It's just staying healthy. And hopefully now with this new quarterback and this new regime as far as the offense, he's able to acclimate himself as fast as possible. But also at the same time, as you mentioned, just kind of, slowly easing himself into it so but again great news to hear something we weren't expecting to hear because we were just speculating as early as last night like you said so we we're happy to hear about that so the next piece of news as far as uh also from philip Hamlin, these are all just this is just a timeline timeline of events um, that happened here today from philip um all marone doug marone also said alfred blue will not play this week and does and does look uh, does not look like he'll be out for a lengthy amount of time however and that's something we discussed also last night and I'm going to go a little bit uh, out of order here. Cause essentially with Alfred blue going down that left the door open to bring in another running back off of the street. There we go. So yeah, so Elijah, uh, Elijah hood was brought in and that resulted in <laughs> Oh, the, I don't know if you have it. <laughs> I don't know if you have the sound effect or anything. For that, but no, I don't. I wish the- I had a drum roll sound effect. <laughs> Not for Tanner Lee, but I'm just saying in general, that would be a smart, <laughs> yeah, a smart choice. I don't think you could find a Tanner Lee soundbite even if you tried. So, oh, wow. uh, but yeah, <laughs> but so the bringing in that running back resulted in the release finally of Tanner Lee and his his the Tanner Lee era has come to an end here in Jacksonville. And Jay, I think the writing was on the wall probably from the other night when he didn't get any playing time, right? Yeah, it was it was on the wall. And I think what further played into it was uh, Magoo. And, um, and it's hard to say. It's hard not to say McGuff. I have to catch myself every time. But Magoo and Minshew, a.k.a. the second coming of Mark Brunel or whatever you want to call him, <laughs> uh, the the legendary, I call, I call the yeah, the stash, the shoe, whatever you call him. Uh, he was a guy that, um, you know, he, he played very well and, and improved upon his play from the previous week against the Baltimore Ravens. So with Gardner improving his play and with uh, Magoo making plays with his feet at least and, and you know, making something out of nothing out there with them. Um, with a uh, makeshift offensive line and Lee not getting in at all. You know, it was just, we all knew then, you know, I, I even put it on Twitter that, you know, I'd be surprised if he made it out of this weekend as a uh, quarterback on the roster and lo and behold, uh, he didn't, uh, but we wish him the best, uh, but it just never really panned out. You know, he never really translated. And um, now, you know, I guess that practice squad spot, it's really, you know, they're saying that's Magoo's spot. And they, of course, are saying that the second string spot, the number two spot on the roster at quarterback is going to Minshew. Yeah, not a lot of surprises there. Although, again, and, and, and unrelated and uh, not related to Jags news, um, but I don't know if you saw Josh McCown did actually come out of retirement today yeah. and signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. So that was another name that we threw out, but we probably we had conceded that Jacksonville probably wouldn't have want to pay the money that it would require to get him to come here probably, right? Right, right. I don't know the specifics on his deal. It might be 
might not be that bad of a deal. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, me, you and Jacob talked about that. That would have been the option, a great option. He has, you know, regular season experience, albeit he's up there in age, I think in the range of between 37 to 40. But still, uh, you know, he would have been a, a quality backup in my opinion. Have. Gotta have in the locker room for sure. I'm trying to find. I don't. I don't even know that the numbers have actually come out yet. Yeah, it might be under as far as I know. Yeah, uh, all I know. All I know is, of course, it is a one year deal. It's not like he signed a multi year deal with. I, I think honestly, and, and not to get too off topic here, I think jo- Josh McCown coming into Philly is more telling of how Philly feels about the health of Carson Wentz than anything. I think that's that should concern Philly fans. I think that that signing right there, yeah. but it, it is a good signing. Because he's a good guy to have in the locker room. Well, um, so going quick, on, move on. I don't want to cut you off, but um, yeah. I think like with the thing with Philly is they're just going through a rash of injuries at the quarterback position right now. You know, in week one, too, they right. lost uh, Sudfield, who, you know, people have mm-hmm. been on record for saying like Sudfield is, I don't think he started in the regular season game, but people like some people even go as far as saying he's like one of the better backups in football. And uh, I guess we'll, time will tell you know we'll have to see him on the field and then Kessler went down yeah. the other night here so. so like they need somebody for week three and four so you don't think that you don't think that I mean there are other we we went we went through a list of names the other day mm-hmm. and you you don't think that you know as far as the money you know maybe maybe money wasn't an option mm-hmm. and maybe that maybe this deal is very cap friendly but so you don't think any of those other names would have been just worth throwing in just to hold down a spot they, they had to go get Josh McCown out of retirement uh, for the Eagles or for us? Right. The Eagles, for, the Eagles. for the Eagles. Uh, Yeah, I mean, like, when you look at that list, I can't remember all off the top of my head, but McCown was certainly atop that list for me. Personally, I remember saying, yeah, McCown's probably one or two on that list that that I would place atop the list. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think he was one of the better options that w- was out there. I guess technically he wasn't really out there because he was retired, but I guess, you know, they got in his ear. They offered him a decent amount of money, and now he's back. But, yeah, that that was a solid addition for them. You know, he was probably one of the better backups they could have gotten off the street, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, it's, you know, just, yeah, Philly will be definitely an interesting team to watch now that they don't have uh, Nick Foles as their safety net. Of course, he is down here, and he's going to lead us to, the promised land, of course, as we all know. So uh, we'll move on to the next set of tweets here from from Philip, and I think this next one really just shows that um, he, I don't even actually. Yeah, no, our episode had dropped at this time, so <clears throat> excuse me. It shows that Philip has been listening to the Jags Den podcast, probably right. his favorite podcast. Exactly. He talks about how Doug Marone. He talks about how Doug Marone has been raving about Will Richardson for quite a bit, several times mentioning the right guard competition. He's uh, quote he's really really turned a corner and is playing well. So, yeah, again, something we talked about just last mm-hmm. night. Will Richardson out there uh, impressing and, 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 and looking good. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's really comforting to hear. Absolutely, yeah. They, um, you know, Will Richardson, I personally had high expectations out of him when he was drafted in the fourth round last year, and I thought maybe he could crack the lineup then. But he kind of struggled as a rookie. I mean, all rookies kind of do it. You know, especially when you're drafted under the third round or after the third round, I should say. Uh, so, you know, he, he's really, you know, honed in on his craft this year. And after going on IR and having some time to uh, to develop, uh, it looks like he's coming back strong and pushing A.J. Can, who we've long said, you know. Uh, well, at least it looks like 
according to Marone's words, that he's going to push for that right guard position. Although, again, he's been playing right tackle in the games, but practicing that right guard uh, during training camp and what have you. But, uh, yeah, it, it, A.J. Kahn's a guy that me and Phil have long been on record for saying the Jags need to find an option over him. And uh, it's good that Will Richardson is definitely pushing for that position um, because, for one, you know, in the long run, I guess you could say he'll be cheaper in two. Uh, you know, he's younger, so that's a, a good thing altogether. Yeah, so again, something we'll keep an eye on, but uh, Will, Will Richardson trending upward. So, and this um, this next week here, this is another more, uh, just a, another little bit of Marquise Lee news. Not really necessarily news, but I, I just wanted to bring up this list because I'm pretty sure this is exactly the list that you, again, Philip listening to the Jags Den podcast clearly uh, goes <laughs> stating that he's seeing the Jags keeping six receivers: Chris Conley, D.D. Westbrook, D.J. Chark, Keelan Cole, Terrell Pryor, and Trey McBride. I, I believe it was McBride, or it was either McBride or Brady that we thought would probably get that sixth spot. But uh, again, right. it looks like Philip is, feels the same way. We won't go too much more into detail in, into that. Just wanted to bring that up. He, he seems like he feels kind of the same way. Um, Jeff Swaim. And Charles Jones were not stretching with the rest of the team. However, Jeff Swain was not in the boot, um, so uh, that's that's a, that's a good sign. Uh, Reichwell Armstead is back and going through uh, install early in practice, and Quincy Williams and Josh Oliver were off working on the sidelines. Um, so, of course, Josh Oliver, we're hoping, is ready to go. Of course, that rookie tight end where when you see Nick Foles having – success in an offense it's because he has a go-to tight end and even though josh mm-hmm. oliver is a rookie you know you're hoping that he's able to produce early on um let's see here we have a quote from quincy um quincy williams here or not a quote but i said he was running on the field for the first time today and uplift and was an uplifting moment in his recovery quote just to be able to run sweat and all that it's a great thing it feels good so that's the biggest thing it's been two weeks so that's a blessing so Good signs from Quincy Williams. Uh, good, good sign there to hear that Quincy Williams is at least starting to, you know, get back on that road to to being one hundred percent. Let's see what else do we have here. So, and in, in his ex- expectation is to be back in time for Week One against Kansas City. He says he initially feared his uh, that his meniscus injury was much more serious when he heard the word surgery. Uh, he said, "quote I'm scared of the hospital anyway. <laughs> I never had surgery." When he said surgery, I was thinking like, dang, the first thing that came to my mind was career ending. It's the knees. I need my knees. He was like, surgery. I was like, dang, it's over with. Wow. <laughs> and of course, it turned, out to be a, uh, turned out that a scope was all that was ne- necessary, providing a sense of relief. So, you know, I <laughs> listen, if, if you're a guy, Quincy Williams, mm-hmm. and you've never had any kind of injury like this where you're, you know, you, and you just hear knees, I, I, I think I get that. You know what I mean? Like, Same. I just got into the league. I just got into the league. There's these huge expectations. Oh my god, my career is over. So you know what? I I kind of get that. So right. I think right. it what it shows me is that he's he cares and that he's invested and he wants to be here. So luckily, not as serious and career ending as he thought that it was going to be. Right. Um, so so yeah. So really, out of all the news, you know, between Marquise Lee, Tanner Lee, Will Richardson, uh, Quincy Williams, and Josh Oliver, you know, out of everything that happened here today it seems like what is it that stands out to you the most and you know we'll we'll get out of here and and you know just just let the rest of the weekend play out for you guys yeah first on Quincy Williams uh phobia of the hospital you know I you know a lot of people have that phobia so I can understand that um I don't necessarily have a phobia of the hospital 
but I had some bad experiences. And uh, I think me and you talked about this uh, earlier in the month uh, with the dentist as a kid, right? So like oh, now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, now I hate going to the dentist. I had to go to the dentist like two weeks ago and I still got to go back. But like every time I walk in the dentist's office, although, you know, technology is much, much different than it was back when I was a kid in terms of going to the dentist. Right. Uh, the processes are much, much easier and a little less pain, uh, painful. Uh, but yeah, when I walk in the dentist's office, it's still like, oh God, oh God, you know, you get that jittery feeling. So yeah. I know where he's coming from on that. Um, that being said, uh, of all of this, uh, I guess I would personally say the, I don't know. I think the, I think everybody's health is the the key thing that I'm getting out of all of what Philip said today on Saturday is, you know, the health is trending in the right direction because, you know, a week or two ago, it was looking a little skeptical, my man, like in terms of who might be able to make the regular season and, and who, who, uh, who, who might have to play in their spots and, and whatnot. Uh, but, you know, today, you know, you get guys back that missed the previous game uh, week two against the Eagles. You know, you, you get guys like Norwell, they said, practice today. Jawan Taylor, those two, those two especially are key in this situation because it was looking like the offensive line was going to basically limp into the uh, regular season, much like, you know, we've seen in the past. The, the offensive line has been very battered and beat up throughout the season. So it was looking like much of the same there. but. Uh, yeah, now we got Norwell back and Taylor back. So we'll get to see the Jawan Taylor for the first time, hopefully, uh, in week three's game against the Miami Dolphins. That's one of the key takeaways I'm going to be looking at there. Uh, but aside from that, yeah, I, I mean, those were the biggest takeaways for me is the health, which, like I say, I just want to get into this Dolphins game, remain trending in the right direction as we are now. Hopefully, like we said last night, nobody gets hurt. Uh, get out of there unscathed, in ter- especially in terms of the starters, and just let the uh, the backups take it in week four against the Falcons. Yep, and if you haven't listened to the most recent episode of the Jags Den podcast, I laid out my dream scenario for week three for the Jaguars offensively, and that's for Leonard Fournette to go three carries, 18 yards, truck a couple people, and then Nick Foles hits D.D. Westbrook over the middle for a 20-yard touchdown pass. <laughs> and you get out. You leave. You take the starters and put them on a bus. <laughs> and send them covered, home early. <laughs> covered in bubble wrap. And just send them home. And just send you them home. The Drive, make Conley, sure that bus goes uh, The Chris Conley two-point Oh, yeah, the conversion. Chris Conley two-point conversion on a fade. <laughs> right. Send that bus home. Driving 35 miles per hour, <laughs> all back road. Not even an airplane, right. right? They go in a bus. No, no, no. Not even, you, can't, you can't risk it. Nope, <laughs> you got to go bus and take that thing all back roads from, from, from Dade County all the way up to Duval County, and they'll probably get home sometime around Tuesday. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Just let them be – just keep them safe and keep them protected. So, And you know what's funny? When, like I totally forgot, just because we haven't heard his name, I totally forgot about Jawan Taylor <laughs> yeah. and nothing against him. I just, I just forgot because we haven't really heard his name at all. So yeah, that'll be exciting to get him out there too. Yeah. He's our, I mean, essentially you're looking at in, in camp, he was working his way to being the starting backup, uh, not backup, but the starting right tackle, which I mean, we talked about that. That's why Will Richardson had to step in because Jawan's been hurt, but Richardson's had, has had to play right tackle in the preseason games. and uh, But uh, Jawan Taylor had worked his way, had, uh, in my opinion, from what I was hearing and reading and seeing, had surpassed Cedric Abuhi 
for that right tackle spot. And I think he still has a hole on it, despite, you know, the injury and whatnot. I think when it's all said and done, regardless as to how he looks, if he even takes the field week three, I think he'll probably be the starting right tackle uh, come week one. So uh, just to kind of give my my take on how the offensive line will look real quick and go off script a little bit. I think week one, based off of all the people we, we got back today and that practice today, uh, hopefully everybody remains healthy. We'll probably be looking at, at left tackle Cam Robinson, who's been off of PUP for almost a week now. We're looking at at right guard, uh, probably, or left guard, should I say, Andrew Norwell, uh, Linder at center as well. Uh, Will Richardson at right guard, replacing A.J. Ken, and maybe Jawan Taylor at right tackle. So we'll see, man. Hey, and, and on paper, man, that that's a good group. On, on paper, it looks like that looks that sounds like a good group, mm-hmm. and you just hope that everything can can come together finally. I can't even remember the last time where you felt like maybe in the early two thousands with Meester and 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 Mwai and then those guys. I can't even remember the last time where you felt like yeah. the offensive line felt felt like a cohesive unit. It's been so long, and now you feel like you have at least a couple of the pieces, and you just need a few more to fall into place and. I mean, that's that. That sounds. You know, you're getting older when you appreciate the hell out of the offensive <laughs> right. line. You know, stuff. So. Yeah, man. I mean, albeit you know they might not have a lot of time together on the field in the preseason, or I mean, like, well, it might be their first time together in the regular season when they they all put on the field together. But you know, I think the chemistry is going to be maybe an issue that they'll have to get down early. Uh, but once they get rolling, you know, I think, like you said on paper, they could be a very good offensive line. Yeah, I think I said Mawai, not Kevin Mawai. Vince Manawai, not not Kevin Mawai. Yeah, yeah, Vince Manawai <laughs> and Chris Mayoli. Kevin Mawai did not play here, so just in case you guys were wondering. But yeah, no, uh, like like I said, guys, we just wanted to get some of this news out of the way because there was a whole bunch of it that that came out of uh, practice and a lot of enthusiastic stuff that we wanted to to talk to you guys about. Probably ran a little bit longer than we wanted it to, but it wouldn't be the Jackson Den podcast if it didn't do that. So uh, we're. We'll, <laughs> We'll wrap it up here, guys. Uh, Jay, is there anything else you want to tell the people? Uh, and, and we'll, like I said, we'll just let everybody finish out their weekend, head out to the Ritz, have a Ritz dog, you know, have, yeah. go, go do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like pretty much everything we just talked about on this podcast, I'm going to put in written form too. And I'll put the podcast, of course, on the uh, Jazz Wire as well. So, you know, a lot of news to come out, um, a lot of good quotes to come out and, and whatnot. And uh, yeah, it's just really, this is like one of the better, uh, Saturdays we've had as of late because mostly, you know, we've been dealing with injuries. It's the opposite now. So, uh, yeah, a lot of good things to talk about and, and report on the Jaguars wire. Absolutely, guys. Well, hey, well, like we said, you know, thanks for, for listening in. And if you uh, feel so inclined, leave us a uh, leave us a five-star review on, that, on the iTunes page. That goes a very, very long way in helping out the podcast. And, uh, yeah, you guys stay safe. Enjoy the rest, the rest of your weekend. I'm Phil Smith, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino, for James Johnson, a.k.a. Sports underscore Don, underscore Don. We will see you next time. Go Jags. And even on the weekends, uh, you know Miles Jack wasn't down, right? You know Miles <laughs> Jack wasn't down, even on a Saturday. Monday through Friday and also weekends, he was not down. Nope. Not at all. <laughs>